I took one of those midday naps that turned out to be like it was nap roulette. Like, is it going to be 20 minutes? Is it going to be three hours? It was like three and a half hours. I had this super bizarre dream. It was literally an episode of The Simpsons. So they shipped The Simpsons in a skeleton of an airplane that Maggie had to fly. And you dreamt about watching this from a first-person perspective? Yeah, it was super weird. Yeah, yeah, it is. Maggie talked because, like, everybody was arguing about something. And she was like, we're going to crash. And was trying to get everybody's attention by pointing and, like, sucking on her pacifier. And it wasn't working. She finally just took it out and said, look out. Everybody screamed. It was fun. Okay, then. I cannot compete with that. Super weird. Anyway, how are you doing? Let's do this! Welcome, dear listener, to the QQ Cast. Today's Thursday, February 17th, 2022. We're your hosts, Tom Javon, Zach Mayer, and Raul Torres. Say hi, gentlemen. Hi, gentlemen. Correct. And this, dear listener, is Quest 261. Do our heroes need to yell? Question mark. So, gentlemen, I got this idea because there's, there's a YouTube channel I watch occasionally. Now, look, I don't want to plug this YouTube channel because... They're very hit and miss. Frankly, they do a few too many things. They're just outright misogynist. So not necessarily a big fan, but sometimes when they're doing movie reviews, I, I find it funny. So they did an episode that talked about how modern blockbusters are written by children. And they were giving a bunch of examples. And I was like, fuck, these are good examples. Um, one of which, Zach, that hits home close for us is they were talking about the recent J.J. Uh, Abrams Star Trek movies and how... The, the first two have, like, the heroes yelling at each other, like, Kirk and Spock are yelling at each other, and like, oh, your mom never loved you, and rah, they start yelling, rawr, and, you know, Khan is yelling, and uh, Spock needs to avenge Kirk, and, like, they're yelling, as opposed to the original, like, Kirk and uh, Khan never yell at each other. When Spock dies, Kirk is just grieving, he's not screaming, um... So it made me think about, like, yeah, you know what? What are... I was thinking about, do villains need to yell? Do heroes need to yell? And so I was thinking, okay, what were some of the best moments, my, my in my opinion, what were some of the best moments where the heroes and the villains are just talking to each other, and yet it's suspenseful, and it's engaging, and it's intimidating as fuck, and they're just talking. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Okay. Yay. It sounds like you've also done your homework, because I can't think of anything, and I'm sure I will in about five <laughs> or ten minutes, but... Well, feel free to interject, and we can always find the clips and cut them in later. But yes, I did do my homework. I already have the clips. So, uh, Zach, should we should we start? Yeah, we should we should totally start. Okay, and Ruli, if at any time take something, we're going we're gonna to queue it up. Okay. So, uh, all of these are going to be between one and two minutes. The first one is from the movie Aliens. It is the scene where Ripley and the Marines confront Burke for having tried to uh, implant aliens in in Ripley and Newt. And the reason that I wanted to start with this one, aside from it being great, is it actually shows this contrast where Ripley is the calmest person in the room, and the Marines are the ones that are clearly getting hot-tempered. But I think she's even more intimidating because she's the calm one. So that's why I thought this one was fun. So, and I'll take any excuse to watch any fucking two seconds of the movie Aliens. Um, I think just for the record, because I'm reading in between the lines on this, this is a countdown list, right? Because you said first one, but it's labeled number five. So this oh, yeah, is, yeah. is this a countdown? It's the countdown, baby. Okay. 
It's the final <laughs> countdown. I'm going to hit play. <laughs> okay. Uh, everybody ready? Yeah. Got the clip open? Yep. So this is from Alien? Aliens, the okay, second movie. Second okay. I say we grease this rat fuck son of a bitch right now. This doesn't make any goddamn sense. He figured that he could get an alien back to quarantine if one of us was impregnated, whatever you call it, and then frozen for the trip home. Nobody would know about the embryos we were carrying. Me and Newt. Wait a minute now, we don't know. Yes, the only way he could do it is if he sabotaged certain freezers on the way home, namely yours. Then he could jettison the bodies and make up any story he liked. Fuck! He's dead. You dog me, pal! This is so nuts. I mean, listen. Listen to what you're saying. It's paranoid delusion. How, it's really sad. It's pathetic. You know, Burke, I don't know which species is worse. You don't see them fucking each other over for a goddamn percentage. All right, we waste him. No offense. No! Gotta go back. They cut the power. I love that line of, um, you don't see them fucking each other over for a goddamn percentage. I love that line so much. So, remind me, it's been a while since I've seen this. What's the context of that conversation a little bit more? Uh, what are some okay. events that happened right before they got to that point? Yeah, so of course, Burke is the one who, um, who sent them all out there. And at one point earlier in the movie, Ripley finds the logs that show that Burke's the one who ordered the colonists to go find the alien ship because he didn't think it was real. Mm -hmm. So he's responsible for, for all of this happening because he didn't believe Ripley. So at that time in the movie, um, just the, the scene before was Ripley and Newt woke up locked in a room with face huggers having been freed in the room. And so the Marines come and, and she sets off the fire alarm. The Marines come to rescue her. It's a great scene. But she knows immediately that it was Burke who tried to, who did that, who locked them, who took her gun, locked them in the room, and put the face huggers in there to try to get them to be impregnated with the aliens. So she knew that he had done that. And that was her explaining to the Marines and confronting him with what happened. And she's not screaming. She's not yelling. And again, she even says that, that really even line of just, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know which species is worse. And it's just, it, it's great because the Marines around her are like, especially Hudson, are, Bill Paxton, are, you know, freaking out. And they sound less intimidating because they're freaking agitated. Yeah. yeah. Zach, when was the last time you watched Aliens? Uh, probably like 2002. Oh my God. Both of you need to go watch that freaking it's been, movie. I, it's it been is, a while. It is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. Like it, it's in the running for number one. I adore every minute of that movie. The original's great. The original's amazing. This is not taken from the original. A lot of people prefer the original. I don't I don't blame them. But I just love the action sci-fi with a hint of horror that is Aliens. I, it, and it's James Cameron at its practical effects best. I just have nothing but wonderful things to say about the movie Aliens. Well, we can we can have a watch party. Yeah! And then, <laughs> and then I can make you watch Eurotrip. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Moving on! <laughs> okay, so the next clip I have is uh from one of my favorite movies i've there's <laughs> i've talked about this on the cast before i love this movie and 
the thing about this particular scene is this is the climax of the movie. There is no villain as such in Gattaca, um, but the main character's brother is a cop who is, unbeknownst to the audience, hunting him, hunting him down. They don't know their brothers. So this is the final confrontation where it's two guys, two brothers, who go for a swim in the ocean. And this is the basically the climax of the movie. And it might not come across in the clip, but it's a I love that movie. This is a powerful scene. And it's just two guys swimming and not exactly yelling, but, you know, kind of hollering at each other. And Hollow. Yeah, I fucking love it. Where's the shore? We're too far out. You want to quit? We're too far out. You want to quit? No. Vincent. How are you doing this, Vincent? Now, have you done any of this? We have to go back. It's too late for that. We're close to the other side. What other side? You want to drown us both? You want to know how I did it? This is how I did it, Anton. I never saved anything for the swim back. So yeah, there you go. Again, I, I just, I love that scene because it's the climax of an entire movie and it's just two guys effectively talking. And I want to say if you, you know, if J.J. Abrams made this, there'd be lens flare from the moon and the camera would be zooming, they'd be screaming, you know, how'd you do this? You know, do you want to know? And like, I just, I love that it's just two guys talking. It's a fucking great scene. <laughs> Did you ever see JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? No, I never did. You know, I haven't seen a ton of it either, but it's very much what you described going from the scene that we just heard to the J.J. Abrams-ification <laughs> of that scene feels like taking this and putting it into JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Because the the trope with JoJo is that it's just so over-the-top and overacted and... <laughs> Uh, well, frankly, ridiculous. Um, and yet and closer so this, to modern Hollywood. Yeah, and like uh-huh. the subject matter, e- even in the even in the anime, is just like it's legit, like story material. But they make it so ridiculous <laughs> on purpose. Granted, I think Abrams might uh, miss that mark, but it'd just be yeah the 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 anime version of this scene is what I imagined when you said that. <laughs> uh, really, have you even seen Gattaca? Um, a long time ago. I think the only thing I remember is like, hey, we're going to write this piano concerto for someone with six fingers. Hey, that's yeah, that's the scene. only thing I remember. <laughs> that That's a scene. And, and again, the movie is about like genetic purity because of eugenics and genetic engineering. And so the fact that, you know, there is this, you know, quote-unquote celebrity who is clearly a genetic mutation that has six fingers is like ironic in that universe yeah I, I, yeah dude, I, I, I adore this movie moving on okay uh number three so this is uh, i think on anyone else's list this would be number one it is an unbelievably iconic scene i have seen this movie a long time ago but it's been a long time um this is the scene in the movie heat where al pacino and i can see his name i can't think of his face Keanu Reeves? Is he... No, no, not Keanu Reeves. I don't know. <laughs> the the freaking dad in um Meet the Parents. Oh my god. Al Pacino? Oh <laughs> it's Al Pacino and the other guy. Oh my god. Robert De Niro. Robert, Robert De Niro. Wow, it's embarrassing. I should edit all that out. It's the two of them sitting down at a diner talking to each other. Al Pacino's the cop, 
Robert De Niro's the uh, the criminal that he's been chasing. And this is just the two of them sitting at a diner talking to each other. And this scene is is famous. Like, this is known as, I think, one of Michael Mann's, you know, best scenes. And, of course, it's two phenomenal actors in their prime. But they're just talking. And, again, this is, like, it's not the climax of the movie. There's action that comes after this. But this is the two, the hero and the villain, staring each other down. And no one is yelling. Before we okay, go ready? on, Tom, I, I, would, I want to tell you before I watch you hear this, I can't take Heat seriously anymore, but I will tell you <gasps> after after oh, we listen no. to the clip. No! <laughs> you know, we're sitting here, you and I like a couple of regular fellas. I mean, you do what you do, I do what I gotta do. And now that we've been face to face... If I'm there and I got to put you away, I won't like it. But I'll tell you, if it's between you and some poor bastard whose wife you're going to turn into a widow, brother, you are going down. There's a flip side to that coin. What if you do got me boxed in? Then I gotta put you down. Cause no matter what, you will not get in my way. We've been face to face, yeah. But I will not hesitate, not for a second. That's the way it'll be. Or who knows? Or maybe we'll never see each other again. Again, just just imagine the modern modern blockbuster version of that, of like two guys just yelling at each other. I'm gonna do if you get in my way, I'm gonna put you down. You know, like pulling their guns under the table. The camera zooms in. No, that's a flip side to that. Co- like, no, this is just two guys calm, intimidating the shit out of each other. It's a fucking great scene. It's a fucking great scene. I feel, I feel like the yelling version of that might have already happened in one or more of the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, I'm <laughs> fucking sure. All right, okay, Ruli, okay. I have to take off my sweater, and then you're going to tell me why I'll never watch that again. Hold on. Okay. Okay, headphones so, are back in. So it's it's an association problem. Like, every time I think of heat, I think of hot fuzz. And how they had that scene where they were watching all the cop movies. And then at the, um, I think it's, uh, I forget the name of the characters, but like there's some point where he like basically emulates the shooting in the air, gun in the air scene. And I just oh, crack yeah, up yeah, so much end. every single time just because I know <laughs> he's doing it on purpose to copy the movie. And it's copying a movie and copying a movie. It just, it blows my mind. It's just, it's one of the funniest scenes. I always laugh hysterically <laughs> in that part of the movie that I laugh so much that I, it's just ingrained that Hot Fuzz, every, every time I think of Heat, I automatically think of Hot Fuzz and then I stay in the Hot Fuzz world. So Oh, dude, and you know my love for Hot Fuzz. Uh, I actually considered if there was a scene that I could put in this from Hot Fuzz just because I love Hot Fuzz so much. But no, it's all parody. Like, even the scene where the, like, Simon Pegg is, you know, calm for most of it, but it's, it's all parody. There's just nothing I could do with it. So, okay. uh, yeah. So I'm, Which I'm one do you want to watch? The, you know, Bad Boys 2 or Point Break? Uh, what? No, no. Which one do you want to watch first? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, I thought of a couple of movies before we keep going. Yeah, dude, do it. Um, 
I think you're basically describing almost every Tarantino movie, Tom. Yeah, that is true. I I did think about Tarantino, but I was like, man, I don't know what which scene to put of like just two again a hero, the hero and the villain talking. Partly because Tarantino movies don't usually have a single hero and villain. Yeah. Uh, partly because Pulp Fiction, the heroes and villains don't meet half the time. Well, I, I mean, didn't. I well, didn't I mean, know where to put it in. I mean, that's where you get in the kind of like the 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 hero and villain definition. Because like, I think Pulp Fiction probably has two. One would be the apartment scene, um, or the other basically going to you know kill those kids. Um, the Which other the, one... the, Samuel Jackson is still kind of yelling though, right? Like he doesn't always yell, but yeah, when he's trying to be intimidated, he does raise I, his voice. But I mean, he doesn't have any other default other than yelling. And I actually, yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't think he's yelling. I think he just has one of those voices that just projects, and you you can't ignore it. So maybe that one, or maybe the um, the diner scene at the end when he's trying to get his wallet back. That's true. The diners. Oh, that would have been great. The yeah. diner scene would mm-hmm. be great. I mm-hmm. yes, I could cut that in right now. I could go find it, yeah. and cut it in after this. I'm gonna go home. Just hang in there, baby. You're doing great. I'm proud of you. And Ringo's proud of you. It's almost over. Tell her you're proud of. Her. Proud of you, honey bunny. <laughs> I love you. I love you too, honey bunny. Now, I want you to go in that bag and find my wallet. Which one is it? It's the one that says bad motherfucker. Um, the other one I'm thinking of is, if you want to count Kill Bill, that last little monologue about Superman and how you kind of like, there's a lot of tension in that scene just because like just like building up to the bride meeting Bill and you know what her intent is. It's just, you know, it's just like, when is it going to happen? And you're like, why are yeah. they talking? And, you know, there. I think that's, there was a lot of tension just because everything's set up there. I, I think it, the the conversation isn't in line kind of with, with the stuff you're talking about, but I think the tension is just built up because of the movie. So I think that was pretty yeah. good. Was my reaction really that surprising? Yes. It was. Could you do what you did? Of course you could. But I never thought you would or could do that to me. I'm really sorry, kiddo. But you thought wrong. You and I have unfinished business. Baby, you ain't kidding. So another uh, another Tarantino film to put in that list would basically be uh, the the second fourth of the entire movie of shit what's the western he did recently fuck I'm make, i can't make my joke right now um what i know which one you're talking about the only thing i remember that is it's like a mega 35 imax millimeter widescreen thing that was like three hours long and i actually saw yeah, it three what, hours. what the fuck uh it, oh my god come on zach help us out my old man brain is broken who made it quentin tarantino uh, hateful eight yeah, it's oh, not Django. Yeah, yeah hateful. Yeah, yeah, the entire like the basically the back half of the before the interlude or the intermission, that entire thing is just them in the cabin talking to each other. That really mm-hmm. could be uh, an entire thing of that because they for the most part they just talk and don't yell. Mm-hmm. And I just think mm-hmm. Kurt Russell's accent saying, you know, whatever name Gabber Goo, like the way he just keeps going Goo, fucking <laughs> 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 awesome. <laughs> You come back with anything else but a guitar. My pistol plays a tune. Dahmer Goo's Death March. Got it? 
Um, so I have a couple more, but I figured I'll, I'll, I'll ping pong back and forth. Yeah, let's, you let's have sprinkle in, in sprinkle in. I got one. You want to go ahead? Yeah, why not? Um, only because it's it's sort of easy. Uh, the Matrix. Like, Which scene? Neo very rarely talks, and he never raises his voice, but specifically the climax where they're fighting in the train tunnel. Uh, he, Neo and Mr. And Smith are fighting in the train tunnel, Neo doesn't say anything. Mr. Smith says things Lots like, things. I'm going <laughs> to enjoy watching you die, Mr. Anderson. And you, and then when he gets him pinned uh, uh, in, on the train tracks... My name he, is Neo. <laughs> that's the only thing that he says. But right before yeah. that, you hear that, Mr. Anderson? That's the sound of inevitability. <laughs> and it's this very flat, like... It, they're, they're all quiet lines. Yeah. And in that fight scene, as they're going through it, when they when they get into it, like, Neo doesn't really talk. He doesn't say anything. And Smith talks quite a bit more. He doesn't say a ton, still, but he's the only one who's talking. Yeah. And if your if your metric is like this, this is the, um, you know, how how macho do you go, and how far can you dial it back? This is the epitome of just, like, he doesn't have to say anything. He's going to show you who he is. And he does it in that scene, and it's great. Yeah, so uh, my original idea for this topic was uh, the opposite. You know, when is it best that the villains um, don't yell? And when I was thinking about that, I absolutely put The Matrix and Hugo Weaving in here in this the speech he gives to Morpheus, specifically, mm. where he's interrogating him. Um, and you can see he gets, you know, more agitated as the speech goes on, but it would be so much less effective if he was yelling. He just starts calmly. And then even when he gets agitated, he's not yelling. You can just tell from his voice, I hate the stink. Like, you can <laughs> tell how agitated he's getting without actually raising his voice. Hugo Weaving's fucking wonderful <laughs> in those movies. No, he absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, if if that's, that that seems to be, I, I think that fits. Like, yeah, no, it'd it be is. hard it'd be hard to clip that <laughs> the only person talking is Hugo weaving throughout that whole thing. But I will, yeah. I'm going to find that clip and put it in. Right. Yeah. Goodbye, Mr. Anderson. My name is Neil. And through the magic of editing, there was a sound clip there. <laughs> okay. So, uh, number two on my list here is, uh, now, gentlemen, I knew you when this came out. Um, I don't actually think we watched this together. I'm not sure. I don't think we did. We, I think we started watching the show together afterwards. But this is Battlestar Galactica, season two, the mid-season finale, Adama versus Kane. Um, Chief Tyrrell and uh, at least one or two other characters were uh, put in jail by, by Kane for, like, mutiny even though it's basically just listening to Adama's orders, and she's going to execute them. And this is this is such an amazing cliffhanger, because it's just these two clearly disagreeing, and in the background, you're seeing the escalation of, like, you know, fighters are being launched. And so this is, it's almost too real today, where, like, world leaders could talk calmly, but, you know, in the in the background, military might is escalating. So, but, uh, you know, Edward James almost, come fuck on. You told me they'd get a fair trial. What kind of a trial could they have possibly had? I assure you, I heard them out. I weighed their statements against those of the guards, and I took into consideration their service records and commendations. 
It was a difficult decision, Commander, but I dare say it was a fair one. They have the right to have their case heard by a jury. I am a flag officer on detached service during a time of war. Regulations give me broad authority in this matter. Launch the fighters. You can quote me whatever regulation you'd like. I'm not gonna let you execute my men. I highly suggest you reconsider that statement, Commander. Admiral, Galactic is launching Vipers in a Raptor. Commander? Why are you launching Vipers? Please arrange for Chief Tyrrell and Lieutenant Agathon to be handed over to my Marines as soon as they arrive. I don't take orders from you. Call it whatever you like. I'm getting my men. You are making such a mistake. I'm getting my men. Oh, that was <laughs> such a cliffhanger. Oh my fucking lord. I was biting my nails. I literally think I jumped off the couch and screamed, fuck, at the end of that cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> and again, just to, again, imagine the Jabrams version of that, right? Like, you know, I don't take orders from you. <laughs> like, I just, oh, man, I, it's, oh, it's so good. And they're not yelling. They're not yelling. It's tense. They're angry. Edward James almost even says, please, you know, please arrange for them, like, they're calm as a fucking bomb, man. Come on, you fuckers watched Battlestar oh, Galactica. Yeah, like 14 years ago? 15 or so, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little hazy on it. I remember loving seasons one, two, and three, I think. Oh, totally correct. And season four, after the writer's strike, is a steaming pile of dog crap. Yeah, and I, th I think, unfortunately, that is also what kind of forced it out of my memory for other things. Just shows that have a not-so-awesome couple ending seasons but yeah no like i it's bringing back memories of how much i enjoyed Battlestar galactica so. yeah then, i've seriously considered re-watching it well at least the first couple seasons yeah <laughs> <laughs> in in the recent past but um yeah no i mean adama's character was that quiet strength throughout the entire series uh and it's part of the reason that he was just so cool yeah, and combined with um, Mary McCondale as, I don't remember her character's name, but the president, who again also, she, like, Adama doesn't come off as, as particularly warm, right? He is, you said that silent strength, versus uh, Mary McCondale's character, the president, is is super warm and super nice and smiles. And then there are moments where the minute she's done doing that, like when she's done talking to one of the Cylons and she just blows her out the fucking airlock, you're like, holy shit, that just took a turn. Um <laughs> And then again, even Admiral Kane, who's obviously very strong, is also, again, there's there's no warmth, there's no nothing there. So when you hear her talking in that scene, and she's saying, I weighed their service records, you're like, no, you are saying the right words, but you are not <laughs> thinking the thing that you're saying. Um, all these great, oh my god, just an amazing cast. Um, yeah, Battlestar had great writing at first, and such amazing uh, cast members, for the most part. Yeah, I... I I remember more so a lot of the, the pep talks and the so say we all talks more than the conversational stuff. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the first seasons knew how to do highs and lows. And then I feel like the farther it went on, we didn't really get any highs. I think it just kind of got more and more, frankly, miserable. And then season four just retcons a ton of the previous seasons, completely resets character development, and then ends it with magic. 
And so I was like, Jesus Christ, season four could not have done worse. Oh, it was so bad. It was. It was so disappointing. There was a point, like, again, like, we were doing watch parties, and I'm pretty sure you guys were at some of them. Um, mm-hmm. We were doing watch parties for season four, and there were times where I would just, like, get off the couch and just go walk around, because I was like, man, fuck this. Yeah. It was really bad. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't quite Game of Thrones bad, but it was real bad. Yeah. There's a whole topic of which shows ended the worst, but... Uh, Ruli, you're an expert in those. You love shows that end badly. How's Dexter <laughs> and Lost and Battlestar? I know. I still haven't seen the new Dexter yet, but I want to. But I also yeah. don't want to. Okay, Ruli, you uh, said you had some more. What else you got? Okay, I don't. I don't know if these are in the territory you're looking for, and I, I think I'm going to say this one, and you're probably going to be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about it." Um, pretty much almost the majority of James Bond movies. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. You know, but that it, thought did occur to me, too, uh, where, like, yeah, Bond and the villain are just talking casually. Yeah. It, it leans a little bit more towards evil monologue, and I don't think evil monologue is really the category you're looking for. I don't know if it counts or not. No, yeah, I was kind of looking for more repartee between the two, and even Zach's example of The Matrix, where Neo only has to say, like, one line, is a great example. But yeah, there was a... Doing, doing this, I was actually going to include, like, the Cisco monologue from In the Pale Moonlight. Zach, you know oh, what I'm talking man. about. Oh, man, yeah. It, it's a wonderful monologue, but it wasn't really a repartee between the hero and villain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't include that. Yeah, I mean, the Bond films definitely have a lot of that, uh, especially the new ones. Um, there's a really fantastic scene in um, the titles all run together, but it's Casino the one Royale, where... the first one. Casino Royale is the first one yeah. of the Daniel Craig series. And then I think it's maybe the second one. I don't know. Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, No Time to Die. I think it was Spectre then. I didn't watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he's at one point transported to an abandoned island where the main villain has set up his uh, villainous lair. And he's not restrained, really. I mean, he is, I think, in handcuffs, but he's sitting in a chair. This is Skyfall. And, oh, is it? Okay. I think. Well, that or they uh, all have fucking islands where the villain lives. I mean, that's also a distinct possibility. <laughs> the, the, um, the main dude that he's been chasing, uh, that he apparently grew up with, and you sort of learn that in the, the course of the films... Um, it has this uh, they they have this discussion and i don't quite even remember what it was about but i remember like the body language and the quiet weirdness of the bad guy in the film confronting bond um they had this this one moment where he was i think he kissed bond <laughs> <laughs> and it was that weird like how I do you how do you Skyfall. intimidate some how I do you intimidate somebody who's so like hyper masculine you kiss him <laughs> um so yeah no that was that was super great now i have to look it up and figure out which movie it actually was i'm almost um, certain it's skyfall yeah james bond is good at having uh villains that are like calm sociopaths that are clearly sociopaths but aren't freaking out screaming um, but at the same time, I, I don't know, man, the Bond movies, there are certain things that just are, James Bond has a million tropes, but there's certain parts where it's almost like, dude, you're marinating in your own tropes. Like, just <laughs> come on. Like, uh, what's, what's really funny about, um, Spectre specifically, which is the one I didn't see, is the big twist is, 
oh no, Blofeld is James Bond's brother. And it's like, you know that Austin Powers, who parodied you, did that <laughs> over like 15 years ago. Irony. <laughs> yeah, no, you were right. It is Skyfall. Damn right. God, that that movie is so long, I forgot that the island was in that one. I just assumed <laughs> that was way too much for one movie. Um, no, that was it. Oh, man. Uh, Ruli, any others before I, we get I to have, my top one? Okay, I have... I don't know if it counts as much, but um, I remember a, a lot of True Detective. and Ooh, season it, one. I watched season one, loved it. It wasn't really like like an enemy, you know, kind of like protagonist, antagonist type thing. But like one of the scenes that I like I loved, which like kind of like where I fell in love with like the, the show was um, they're doing an interview with the, the characters about like like an investigation or, you know, something they did in the past. Yeah. And what's what's super cool about it is they're talking about it like in the modern time, but then on the screen there's like a flashback of everything that was happening, and what they're saying and what's happening on the screen does not match at all. But the way that it's talked about so calmly, it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's that's they're, they're covering their asses really, really good. They both have their stories set together. <laughs> um, I just thought that was a really cool scene. Just you know how calm they're talking about it when you know it's it's actually like a pretty graphic and violent scene yeah i i don't know exactly which scene you're referring to but true detective season one was truly phenomenal yeah it's it's the one where like they um i forget what tatus act they find but the 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 two cops basically just kill everyone there and burn it to the ground because it was so horrible um yeah i mean i know that's yeah i think isn't that (laughs) god damn it (laughs) fucking when you paste links, <laughs> disable that feature. You it need to turn to that off. Reads them. It was like, "Mommy is very bad." HTTP <laughs> s colon slash slash YouTube. Like, turn that off. Turn that oh, off. God, dude, seriously. Oh man. Oh. Okay, True Detective worth watching. All right. Um, you guys want to do number one on my list? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So. Zach, this is for you, buddy. This is, of course, Star Trek The Next Generation. This is the episode, This is part two of the two-parter Chain of Command. This is Patrick Stewart, John Luke Picard, being interrogated by a Cardassian who is played by David Warner. This is, this whole episode, the, the scenes of these two together are really some of the darkest scenes in Star Trek The Next Generation. And watching these two actors play off each other is one of my favorite bits of television of all time. I adore the scenes where they're together. They are so unbelievably powerful. And there's multiple, and I had to pick which one to put in this, and it was really difficult for me to do, but I picked this one because some of the dialogue has just stuck with me and just, uh, it is, whew, very powerful. So, without further ado. Taspas had mated and built a nest in the eve of a burnt out building, and I found three eggs in it. It was like finding treasure. I cracked one open on the spot and ate it, very much as you just did. I planned to save the other two. That would keep me alive for another week. Of course, an older boy saw them and wanted them. And he got them. But he had to break my arm to do it. Must be rewarding to you to, to repay others for all those years of misery. What do you mean? Torture has never been a reliable means of extracting information. It is ultimately self-defeating as a means of control. 
One wonders that it's still practiced. I fail to see where this analysis is leading. Whenever I look at you now, I won't see a powerful Cardassian warrior. I will see a six-year-old boy who is powerless to protect himself. Be quiet! In spite of all you've done to me, I find you a pitiable man. Picard, stop it, or I will turn this on and leave you in agony all night. Ah, you call me Picard. What are the Federation's defense plans for Minos Corva? There are four lights. There are five lights. How many do you see now? You are six years old. Weak and helpless. You cannot hurt me. How many? Oh my god, that scene is so good. Uh, obviously, Picard is sort of yelling at the end, but if you couldn't figure it out from the context, he is being tortured. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not really a way around that one. Yeah. Mm. I, I, oh my god, that episode is so good. Um, the Chain of Command Parts 1 and 2 was supposed to be a one-parter, and then they liked the ending so much they want to do something different. So Parts 1 and 2 are very different from each other. Uh, part 2 is just amazing. Um, again, David Warner was brought in. He was actually given less than a week's notice he was going to do that part, so he had to learn his lines on set. He had no idea what he was signing up for, and still he delivers that just fucking powerhouse performance and you put him next to patrick stewart and i just again their repartee is so again somewhat genuinely some of my favorite in all of all of television history so i love it <laughs> and picard is so poignant and stings him so bad uh just by talking by calling him you know oh i from all you've done to me i find you a pit- pitiable man it's so good it's so good it's good there was uh there was an interview i don't know any of the context but it included patrick stewart and um uh fuck who played kirk william shatner thank you names are hard we are old our brains are failing us <laughs> Dear listener, really this will happen to you too i i can't believe it anyway um they're 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 in this like round table sort of interview and um william shatner pipes up and he's like he's talking he addresses patrick stewart he says you know patrick i i have to admit something um in all these years, I have never actually watched The Next Generation, any of it. I've never seen a single episode or any of the movies. And Patrick Stewart is quiet, contemplated, and he sort of nods. He starts to speak, and he takes that, that inhale breath and holds it for way too long before just saying, Fuck you, William. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just... If you imagine one of them is the villain, it fits. That's pretty good. Uh, That's so pretty good. good. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give props on that one. Oh man. Okay, Ruli. Um, anything else you wanted to uh, to add before we move on to the news? No, I think those were the most that I could come up with. And I guess maybe possible good segue to some of the news stuff. Oh, um, hold on, hold on. Okay, we need a sponsor. Okay. We need a sponsor oh, before sponsor, we do the news. Sponsor. Who has a sponsor? You do, Tom. I always have a sponsor. <laughs> you do your homework. We just show up. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. 
This episode, dear listener, is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, the most mediocre streaming service you've ever seen. Paramount Plus, did you watch Star Trek? Not Next Generation, because it's not on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, did you watch Star Trek Discovery? Because we're going to recommend to you the Baby Shark cartoon. Paramount Plus, they need your money so badly. I got it for Paw Patrol. <laughs> oh, I think that's what it is, not. <laughs> they really need to do a Kickstarter. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, really so, so segue us in, buddy. I wanted, I want to see the gut check from you all. Was that Patrick Stewart's voice in the Doctor Strange two trailer or not? Hundred percent. I I hear that it is, but I haven't even watched the fucking trailer. I don't know. Should we just watch the trailer? Oh, God damn it! Like it's short and it's good. <laughs> Go f*** yourself, San Diego. Hold on, I need to hit the YouTube. Yeah, why don't you just paste that in? HTTPS <laughs> colon backslash backslash. Mm, let's see. Yeah, here's the one from Marvel Entertainment. It's two minutes long. You guys, you guys like these? Uh, paste it go. in, you bastard. <laughs> it's a very fun trailer. Hey, did you guys see Visions? Marvel's Visions, the little. Uh, anthology series which one's that uh, one? no i did not i haven't watched it... anything since no, endgame seriously star wars was visions that yeah. was their anthology what was what was what marvel's if? anthology what if that's yeah. ah, there you go um what if it was fun um anyway if you had you might get a little bit more out of this but it's not required reading hey. by any means all right well what? cool so go ahead well, I... I do think the one division stuff is potentially required reading for this one, but actually, one division wasn't that bad. And I know I, I complained about doing homework to watch the movie, but I, I think it was worthwhile. Homework. I hate homework. Ugh. There's just it doesn't feel like work if you enjoy it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right. Ready? All right. Yep. Every night, I dream the same dream. I am excited about this because Sam Raimi. Yeah. I really love Doctor Strange as a character in Cucumber Patch. It's just so much fun with him. The nightmare begins. The visuals of the first movie were so much fun and different compared to the Marvel universe, and the multiverse thing now is looking cool. Sam Raimi. I mean, look at that city. So beautiful. Wanda, what do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. Also, do love Wanda. She's a lot of fun. I don't know why everyone is so into her character. I just find it very okay. Like, what the hell are her powers? Chaos magic. Yeah, she's um, touched by the reality stone. So it's just kind of whatever she feels like. We should tell him the truth. Oh yeah, absolutely, Patrick Stewart. (laughs) Again, weird visuals. Love it. Sinister strain. <laughs> you break the rules. Look out! I become a hero. I do it, I become the enemy. 
doesn't seem fair. <laughs> I mean, I like her for that bit. I do it, I become the enemy. That doesn't seem fair. Dude, if Wong dies, I'm out. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, Wong's been neat. in almost as many Marvel movies as uh, Iron Man at this point, but um, I do like that he he had one movie and then he just kind of cameoed and everything. I it's so I like great. that as opposed to <laughs> we must give him a trilogy. It's like do, do you have to? Do you, <laughs> yeah. I just use it when it's useful. Uh, hashtag Wongiverse, but um, <laughs> there's okay. really like one episode in What If, and it's in the back half of the series of like the little anthol anthological anthological it's an anthology uh, yeah i don't think anthological is the right word but maybe <laughs> it works well, for it's, me yeah it's in the back half of the anthology um that deals specifically with dr strange um and his trauma around the car wreck mm -hmm. but um it was one of the yeah, best episodes it, goes, it was one of the best and there are little bits and pieces from that in this um there's also a poster that you can see like shattered glass and things and in the reflections of that are things from that anthology like captain carter's shield is in there um it's very very fun but uh yeah no the the movie looks fantastic uh just from the trailer i'm very excited about it sam raimi's great cucumber patch is <laughs> one of my favorites um so yeah so okay my theory right now, I can probably say it is Patrick Stewart's voice, but I really wonder if they're going to pulling the wool on everyone, how like um, they did with WandaVision. Um, we talked about that spoiler a while back, right? That's nothing new. Uh, I'm sure that we have. I don't care. Just do it. Okay. Yeah. So like they, they had what a Patrick Evans as, as what Wanda's sister Quick or brother. Um, brother. He was the yeah, Quicksilver brother. from yeah, X-Men, other... but he showed up in WandaVision where her brother was actually played by the same actor who played Kick-Ass. The superhero universes are very incestuous. Yeah, so so everyone mm -hmm. thought that was like the soft entry to get all the Fox stuff into the the Disney Marvel thing. But Was it, it not? No. Which which boggled everyone's mind because they they hired the same actor for the same the quote unquote same role, but it wasn't. So I don't know. It, it was this weird. It was it was weird. So I'm wondering if they're going to do the same thing where he's going to be a character, but not exactly Professor X. That, that's my guess. Yeah. I mean, they could tease. They're Marvel's pretty good at that. Kind of surprisingly good at it. Yeah, my my knee jerk reaction was, oh, that's Patrick Stewart, and I really would be surprised if he was playing professor x um i think he'll be somebody else you can still rationalize it right like it's the multiverse he's just a different professor x who's not professor x Ooh, yeah. but i mean that kind of hand waving you just kind of head cannon away yeah and the other thing i'm wondering is um i'm assuming they're keeping it under wraps but i'm, I'm gonna guess that there's gonna be a loki cameo in this one <laughs> probably a stinger I mean, the handcuffs looked like something futuristic that could have come from that time agency. I, I don't know. I didn't watch any of these fucking shows, so who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Wong pulled, what's his name, uh, Shang-Chi away at the end of his movie. So maybe he'll have uh, a stinger too. Sweet. Crossovers are fun if I don't have to do homework. <laughs> no, I mean, part of the fun of this whole MCU thing 
is the <laughs> i guess incest uh of all the movies like crossing over and sort of being related and then when they have their big crossover episodes it's just a, a fun romp really mm-hmm. the avengers movies are, are great not because they're great movies but because these are characters that we all love individually and now they're just having fun on screen um and again i I think they're doing their best work when it's not we have to make the trilogies of all the characters they must come out where instead it's like no we can have one movie like you said uh shang chi has a crossover from wong from dr strange and then maybe shang chi will show up in dr strange like cool just make this like interwoven tapestry rather than everyone has a trilogy it will be in order like just i don't know man tell the stories in the way they're order they're fun to tell although i think if i'm not mistaken Doctor Strange was actually, because it, it's had production problems, it lost its director at least once, uh, It had everything had to shut down because of the pandemic. I actually think it was supposed to come out before the Spider-Man movie, and that they had to, like, change it. I, I could be wrong about that. Yeah, that is probably true. But, um, yeah, no, I, I haven't seen No Way Home. I know Doctor Strange is in it and plays prominently, but... Um... Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I like the crossovers that they do. I like the way that all of these characters are linked together and that you get to see them play together. Um, even when the focus is on any one of them. It feels more in these last few iterations that we're starting to see them get even closer. Like, No Way Home and having Doctor Strange, again, feature prominently. It's still a Spider-Man movie, but... It's it's got a lot of another well it's got a lot of another main character in it and with this multiverse of madness he's teaming up with the Scarlet Witch and yeah okay she got her series but it, it's less about any one character now and it's still got that cohesion going so mm-hmm. they're able to bring in multiple of these characters together even in a, a named character movie and still have it work. Um, that's, I don't know if you could really get away with that if you were starting from scratch with anything. So the fact that they've built up to this now is still really cool to me. Well, and everyone else is trying to accelerate their way into, you know, across multimedia entertainment universe. And it's like, guys, you don't have to. You mean they're that. making a Knuckles movie? Is that what you're saying? Uh, they actually, are making I, a Knuckles movie. Yeah, they, they got greenlit for sequels and Knuckles spinoffs, and who knows if will be in a game someday, because it's not like a video game movie needs a game. Uh, I mean, honestly, like, I was not disappointed. I was actually pleasantly surprised by the uh, the Sonic movie and Pikachu Detective. We all work. Uh, like, Detective Pikachu was hilarious, too. It was pretty good, I actually. think there's yeah, another one of those coming out, too. Not sure about that. I could have sworn that I saw something, but I might be wrong. And I thought Ryle, R- Ryan Reynolds was temporarily retiring, so if he's not going to voice Detective Pikachu, who knows? Mm. Eh. I saw something that was going to have him. It was Project Something or Other, uh, but I didn't look at it, so I don't mm. know what it is. Uh, once it again, honestly, I'll go with Elefino. It kind of looks like uh, something in the in the same vein as Free Guy, just from the screen cap I saw. Mm, which but, I didn't I see. It's okay. Yeah. If you like, see it because you like Ryan Reynolds, not because it's a goofy. I'm kind of burnt. <laughs> I, I'm kind of glad that Ryan Reynolds is taking a little sabbatical because, I mean, he's he's great. Everyone loves him, but like he is doing the same character over and over. And so I'm kind of glad that, you know, we are not. I may already be a little bit burnt out, and I didn't see Free Guy, and I didn't see whatever the movie did before that was. I didn't see Red 
something or other, the Netflix movie. So I'm kind of glad he's he's taking a little break. Yeah. I mean, it's understandable that he's a little bit oversaturated now, and I don't think that's anything against him. But yeah, taking a break, stepping back, always I don't, good I don't thing. blame him for that. He's very successful, but like, eh. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, um... Gentlemen, do you want to do uh, another news article? Do you want to watch another trailer? Because Jurassic World trailer did come out. We could do that. Well, I, th- I think we're also near the hour mark, too. So let's let's just do another trailer and call it. All right, agreed. All right, someone find me and paste me a Zach pasted <laughs> link to YouTube. What's this one even called? Oh. Jurassic something? It, isn't it just Jurassic World 3? I don't actually know if it has a title. Yeah, I don't know anything about this one. Dominion? I know enough to know what's in it. Dinosaurs? They might make a brief appearance. Someone find this trailer yet? Not this yet. one? February 10th? That seems about right. Go for it. All right, everybody ready? Yeah. Dominion. I, I haven't oh. seen Dominion minus one, whatever the previous one was. Dominion was a fun card game. Yeah, I also didn't see Jurassic World 2, whatever the hell that was called. So supposedly, like... Something that was real. Dinosaurs are, like, made it off the island now? Yeah, at the end of the second movie, they get, like, unleashed on the world or some such. These, these freaking movies keep calling back to a movie that was released in 1993. Like, all the best lines came from the 1993 movie, and they just keep fucking repeating them. To be fair, it's a good movie, Tom. <laughs> oh, it's a good, good movie. We created an ecological disaster. Like, I want to be excited about the concept, but like... God, the Godzilla movie came out like a year ago, and that had giant monsters that destroyed all the things. Like, kaijus versus dinosaurs. I like dinosaurs, but them kaiju. Mm-hmm. We've got Alan Grant. Of our species. We not only last hmm. Dominion over nature. <gasps> he said Dominion. It's in the movie. Oh, it's in the movie. We're subordinate to it. It'll always be Dr. Weird to me. Experience the epic conclusion of six movies that had nothing to do with each other. Um. I think this is a Tom question because he's going to remember it more. Uh-oh. But, like, um. Wasn't there, like, a parody of Jurassic Park on the Critic? Of, like, a raptor wearing a top hat or something? I'm sorry, the it- trailer is so loud I didn't hear you. Okay. <laughs> I'll, do- I'll ask when it's done. Not exactly. No, I just turned the fucking volume down. What's up? Um, wasn't there an episode of The Critic that had a um, mock Jurassic Park thing with the raptors in top hats talking to people and everything? Yeah, I, th- I think so. If I don't see a raptor in a top hat, a top hat, a top hat in this movie, <laughs> I don't know. I, that would probably be better than what I'm seeing in this trailer. I, okay, so let me acknowledge that this movie actually has had potential 
to be more interesting than the other movies. Like what? Like mostly it's just like a a dinosaur gets loose in a controlled area and it gets weird, right? Whereas mm-hmm. this this is the hey, what if what if dinosaurs were just truly unleashed back into the the entire uh, world, right? That's an interesting concept, especially right now. We spent two fucking years quarantining, and you have to imagine that if dinosaurs did get introduced back into the wild, into the population, that's effectively what would happen while they were kind of hunted down and controlled. Like right now, the human race is really, really good at making things extinct, right? But it's still hard for us to keep, you know, uh, coyotes out of our neighborhoods. So you'd imagine that there's an interesting story to be told there. This looks so fucking cheesy. It opens with Chris Pratt being a cowboy, getting a gal of Mimoth, and their, you know, their velociraptor pet dog now has a kid and like what the hell is the original so cast doing the, back the, here like it just looks the problem, terrible the problem with me. these movies is other than the first one i rooted for the humans after that i just want to see the dinosaurs eat people right like i yep. don't care I, I don't want the people to win like i hope this if the movie also doesn't end with just like i guess humans are extinct now and it's now dinosaurs turn yay <laughs> then what's what's the point all the male cast dies woman inherits the earth there you go. Uh, we'll see. I'm super. Eat man. man. Again, all the best lines were in the first fucking movie. Well, that was the one that was based off the book, where someone actually gets paid lots of money to create good lines. So, fair enough. All right, uh, gentlemen. I think that will do it. We'll uh, let Ruli get get to bed with him and his family. Damn you and your good priorities, your wholesome values. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. We'll be back next week uh, with more topics. We are we are teed up for a while, and as always, a little bit of news. Zach, Ruli, thanks again. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Rule, I rule already fell asleep. He's like, thank, thank, thank no, nothing. Thank I'm out. Yeah, no, thank you, Tom. <laughs> I, I think my my mic needs a little more adjustment, but eh. thank you. Actually, no, you sound great. Okay, until next time, dear listener. I don't know to make a Jurassic Park QQ Dominion. I, I I'm bad at these outros. Um, fix it in post. You'll be all right. Hey, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Please always remember that any views expressed on the podcast should be taken in context and are representative solely of the person expressing them. They are not representative of their friends and family, their co-hosts, their co-workers, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. So again, thank you for joining us, and thanks for respecting our individuality. I just got bored. Everybody out.